Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the God Cells podcast. I'm Eric Marola, the director of the God Cells documentary. I'm working on a new documentary called Ukraine, Fetal Stem Cell Pioneers. Today, we speak to Zenzella, mother of 10-year-old Adonis, who is diagnosed with Ulrich muscular dystrophy. They went to M-Cell to receive fetal stem cells for Adonis in November of 2021, less than three months before Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. I'm also following another child with the same diagnosis for Ukraine fetal stem cell pioneers. In the new documentary, I document her since she was four years old, since she was first diagnosed and first got the therapy. She is now 14 years old. And so Zenzella is the uh, second parent I have met who has received fetal stem cells or uh, given fetal stem cells to their child uh, for the same diagnosis. It's a very interesting diagnosis in that most children, based on the peer-reviewed literature, by age 10 have generally passed away of respiratory failure. Yet Adonis uh, seems to be doing extremely well considering the average statistics for this diagnosis. And Adonis is 10 years old now. So uh, you will hear in today's podcast how fetal stem cells have, have also complemented the additional therapies that uh, Zenzella has been given to her child for a while. I'm at the tail end of my uh, new documentary, and as with all of these documentaries, uh, they're very expensive to produce. And I'm going to be having a fundraiser fairly soon. I'm going to be releasing a segment of the movie online for free. I'll have a web page uh, outlining all of the details of the documentary. Anyone that wishes to contribute to me crossing the finish line, I have to raise $60,000. I, uh, one of my previous sort of benefactors, if you would, that always helped me with this has passed away, unfortunately. And so I'm going to be calling on the public to help contribute to this. Um, if I can't raise it, you know, I'm going to release the documentary online for free. It just will, you know, I'm going to release the documentary online for free regardless, but it won't have all the fanfare and the reviews and the press and the media. Um, so it's $20,000 for music, $40,000 for publicity and the whole, you know, release. Um, it's a very expensive endeavor to cross the finish line for a documentary like this to release it commercially. I am working with a 501c3 nonprofit. So anyone that donates $500 or more gets to write it off of their taxes as a charitable donation, a legal under the IRS code. Another thing I will say, anyone that's interested or willing to donate $1,000 or more, I will be happy to give you a password protected link of the first hour and 20 minutes or so of my new documentary to have a private viewing. I'm also happy to have private phone calls with you, all of that good stuff. I have already completed the first one hour and 20 minutes of this project. Um, anyone uh, that's interested in following my work, if you're not on my mailing list, go to E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. That's ericmarola.com. And you can sign up to my mailing list. I send an email out once every month or two at the most. And as always, you can email me with questions. Eric at ericmarola.com. That's E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. And obviously, if you want to contribute to this movie, Crossing the Finish Line, if you email me, I can give you all of the details of the 501c3 that I am uh, collaborating with on this project. Moving on, I'm heading to Ukraine in September with a handful of people that are in my new documentary. Uh, so you're going to meet them in the documentary, and then you get to see us all return to Ukraine uh, during war zone, taking a train from Warsaw all the way into Kiev. Uh, I'll be receiving my annual treatment, and I'll be releasing a short film uh, of the entire journey and everything that we're going to be doing. 
in addition to this, uh, you know, this section of, you know, uh, this basically I'm ending the documentary with this journey and uh, ending the documentary with, you know, the reality of we don't really know the fate of MCEL. Uh, we don't know the fate of Ukraine. But right now, everything's going well, uh, considering. So so if you're on my mailing list or you subscribe to my uh, the God Sells YouTube channel, um, I'll be releasing like a 20 or 30 minute short film, sort of like a long version of the whole journey to Ukraine, which will also play a part in the ending of the documentary itself as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy today's podcast, episode 18 with Zenzella. Hello. Hi, it's Eric. Is this Zenzella? Hey, Eric. How are you? Yes. Good. How are you? Very well. Nice to hear your voice finally. Yes, yes, you too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this. Um, it's nice to, I always love to meet people for the first time, if possible, when doing one of these. Um, so thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. So let me just refresh. Um, so when was the first time uh, you're, you have a child with muscular dystrophy, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, my son had done it. Uh-huh. Your son, and is it Ulrich muscular dystrophy? Yeah, it's Ulrich muscular dystrophy. Okay. Yeah. So yes, yeah, the same diagnosis as Sophia Jones, who I uh, followed a little bit for the first documentary, but I've, um, you haven't seen it yet, but I've followed her story extensively for the new one. Um, and uh, she'll be coming with us with, uh, you know, both of them are coming with us in September when we're there. Um, and I'll continue to document that journey as well. What, when was the first year that you took your son there? Um, I just took him this past November, so November 2021. Okay, so it was before all hell broke loose, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how old is your son? So he's 10. Okay. He's 10, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he turned 10 at the end of November. We went to MCEL at the beginning of November. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. So if I have this correct, are you, you're coming as well in September when, when I go? Yeah, yeah. Um, I called and I was able to get in around the same time that you guys go. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I we didn't are... know when we would be able to go back. Yeah, well, honestly, me either. I didn't even know, you know, if the clinic would ever open again. I didn't know what it would become of this project I've been working on for years, with this sort of like all-encompassing movie about what they're doing and all these various patients. But um, yeah, I mean, apparently, you know, all the diplomats go in by train. The trains have been selling out because so many uh, Ukrainians are going back home. And while right. it is, of course, still dangerous, you know, there's no place is really safe in Ukraine. I mean, you know, it sort of is what it is. You know, right. pe people that really need the therapy are still willing to risk it. I think they're getting around 15 or so patients a month, roughly. Um, oh, one wow. one woman from Las Vegas was there a month ago. She's young. And she's still there. She hasn't left. She's just having a blast. Um, she's just bouncing from Airbnb to Airbnb, just enjoying the city. Um, she's really? Like, yeah. She's like, you know, except for the occasional air siren, you know, um, you know, it's it's really peaceful here. And um, so, okay. I don't know. It happened to me too. I mean, I've been I've done a lot of traveling, and Kiev to me is one of the more exciting cities I've been to. Uh huh. Um, so I don't know how much time you got a chance to really kind of like or if you enjoyed it the same way. But when you were there the first time, did you stay sort of downtown in the Maidan area where all the, like the center? Yeah, we were pretty close to downtown. We just did an apartment Airbnb. And yeah. then we had like a day off before we were to fly back home. So we took an Uber and we went to like, um, to the museum 
to the Museum of Jellyfish, and we just kind of walked around that area and checked out the buildings and stuff like that. So we just had just a couple hours before we went back to the to the Airbnb, but it was nice. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not familiar with the Museum of Jellyfish. That's uh, that's a new one. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really small, but I just was googling to see, okay, what is there to do with the kid in in Kiev, and right. that popped up. So okay, I was like okay, we'll check it out. All right. Why not? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this time around, I think we're gonna stay. At least personally, we're gonna stay close to the clinic. I don't know. We might take a day trip. In fact, I will take a day trip into the city because yeah. I'm going to be doing so much filming. But uh, well, yeah, I'd love to sort of, if you don't mind, sort of giving me like the story. Like, first of all, tell me, maybe tell me a little bit about your son and his condition and then maybe how you stumbled upon finding about about M-Cell and like what kind of made you take the leap to go. Yeah. So, um, so with Adonis, I... I, when I was pregnant, I kind of noticed that there was like decreased fetal movement mm-hmm. and, um, I notified my doctor and they checked and, you know, made sure everything was okay. And they kept reassuring me that everything was okay. And he was born like full term on the exact date, um, that they said he would be born on. And, um, when he was born, he, he had hip dysplasia. And what I noticed as soon as he came out was that his feet were folded up to his shin. Mm-hmm. And I have another son, so you know, he just looked totally different from my oldest son. And um, they took him to do the testing, and he was gone for longer than usual. And they told me that he had all of these things going on. So he had like an umbilical hernia. He had undescended testes. He had um, his right arm had like no voluntary movement. And so they kept him in the NICU. And um, but they didn't know what was wrong with him. And they said, oh, if it was just like one of these things, then it wouldn't be a big concern. But because he has all of these things happening at once, then they were concerned and tried to figure out what it was. So since then, we um, got set up with like some doctors, like an orthopedic surgeon, and he had went into like a um, spica cast and he got out of that. And we still had no diagnosis. We just were trying to correct everything each one of those things that had happened mm-hmm. and um so then we came out of the spica cast and he started walking shortly after one years old so that was a relief because we didn't know if he was going to walk at all because mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on with him and so then after that um he became failure to thrive that's what they considered him um i was breastfeeding and he ate even more than his older brother as a baby, but he just would not put on any weight. Mm-hmm. And so um, we kept doing like genetic testing and trying to figure out what was going on. And all of his genetic tests had come back normal. And then his uh, neurologist finally decided, okay, uh, let's do like a whole genome sequence testing. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And then that's what brought back the diagnosis of ulrich congenital muscular dystrophy and it was a sporadic mutation in adonis because my husband and i don't carry the gene oh fascinating okay yeah 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 so they said it was like a one in a million chance 
for a child to have it without their parents being a carrier. Wow. Because yeah. I was f- yeah. personally familiarizing myself about these tests. Um, like with my job doing following these patients, it's so hard to be a like a um, an expert on every single diagnosis. But I learned a lot about muscular dystrophy. And like with Sophia, for example, she was officially diagnosed and then everybody was confused after she started doing so much better. And then they ran that that genomic test. And in her case, she was like, she was tested as like positive for the heterozygote Col6A2 gene for in her case. Mm-hmm. Do you remember off the top of your head? You don't have to grab it. Like what was the, what was like, do you remember what the specifics were about the genetic test? No, I don't That's know okay. off the top That's okay. of my head. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this genetic test is recommended, you know, by the Muscular Dystrophy Association to, you know, to be definitive about what is the diagnosis. But okay. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. All right. So. Okay, yeah, so how old was was he when that diagnosis hit? So we got the diagnosis in uh, September of 2014, so he was about um, almost four. Okay. Almost four years old, yeah. Right. Yeah, so after that, then they um, he got, like, approved for PT and OT through, like, California Children's Services, CCS, because mm-hmm. we were paying for it, um, well, we were just going through our insurance and paying what we had to pay out of pocket before that. And so he started doing that and um, he just was, you know, still followed by orthopedics and um, he had several surgeries, like because when he went into the spiky cast, there was like an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. So the more he walked, he started tripping over his feet and falling. And so they had to go back in and correct that and um and so i kept thinking like oh every every time something happened i thought it was because of his muscular dystrophy so he had like a discoid meniscus so i thought oh that must mean he's getting contractures but it wasn't it had nothing to do with his muscular dystrophy and so um so then i just kind of started googling and trying to find out okay what are parents doing that are like alternative from what the doctors are suggesting Mm -hmm. because when I asked the doctors when they gave me the diagnosis like okay what do I do they had nothing to tell me they just said oh just wait and see just wait and see what happens Mm -hmm. and that was hard for me as a parent because like you don't want to just wait and see what's going to happen to your kid you want to be able to do something to help or make life easier for them of course so yeah so I just started looking and uh, some people said like diet so we kind of like changed his diet to like a high protein diet and I looked into like supplements to like um, work with his cells um, on a more cellular level and to see if we can repair that way and then one day I was in the muscular dystrophy Facebook group and I don't go in there often. Mm-hmm. I just pop in once in a while. And I ended up on a post with another mom because somebody had asked, what natural alternatives do you guys do for your kid? And so she had told me that she was doing this, um, a couple of things. There was one thing called neuro movement. There was another one called like ABR. And then she, she said, if you want to touch bases and talk, just let me know. So we kind of chatted privately and then that's when she told me everything about like the god cells and 
stem cells, and I was just like blown away by what she was telling me. Was this Diana, by the way? No, it wasn't Diana. Okay. Her name was um, Vanessa. Okay. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, but okay. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I chatted with Vanessa over like a period of time, and she just gave me like all this information. And I was just really amazed. And she told me like how well her son, like, well, she said she was going to do the, um, to do the stem cells. Mm-hmm. I guess she had done them in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then she had told me that she was going to do them in Ukraine next because she said they're stronger than the stem cells in Mexico. So that was when I first like heard about them for like muscular dystrophy. Okay, wow. So yeah, but do you know the do you know the whole story with the Mexican clinic? Like they stole it from the Ukrainians and then they ran out. Like that's why they're not. They're yeah. In fe- okay, good. All right, just making sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I listened to your um, to your lecture. Okay, I good. To your lecture about yeah. the different types of stem cells and everything that happened with that. So that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. hear that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was um, crazy for me because I lived through it. I because I started with following them. And I just knew something was wrong. You, you know, I told the story, but it's, you know, long story short, I was like, holy cow, he, they got him from the Ukrainians. And then I talked to the Ukrainians. They're like, yeah, yeah, they stole them from us. It's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, so they were selling stolen cells and they had no way to get more. And then, yeah, anyway, I'm glad you didn't go to yeah. Mexico. So that's all. No, yeah. no, no, I didn't go to Mexico. And even today, like people will say, well, aren't there stem cells in Mexico? You know, when I, cause I told people that we went to Ukraine and then they, say oh well since you can't go there um now like can't you go to mexico or panama and then i just kind of briefly tell them like what happened in mexico and yeah so people still believe like you can go to mexico yeah. and, and get stem cells yeah it's sort of the story of my life it's uh, it's hard for people and i understand why it's hard because it's if you're not familiar with it but what's being offered for example in panama is just umbilical cord cells so it's just blood cells and you have to, their hope is they become the cells that they need to help, like your son, for example. And they, they, they're they very limited. All they can do is really help rebuild cartilage and tendons and muscles um, and connective tissue. They cannot become, a, you know, an organ cell or especially not a brain cell. So it right. is hard for people to sort of wrap their head around that. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Everybody's, you know, like, why are you going all the way to Ukraine? You can get stem cells. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard for people to wrap their head around. And that's what I'm hoping uh, to sort of clarify. I learned so much from the God cells that I'm really getting, giving a deeper dive uh, into the science to help people really fully grasp, it, you know, people that take the time to watch it, um, why Ukraine is so important and what they're doing there. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I share the... the um the God Sells movie to whoever I can, like, just check it out and just, you know, because it's really educational and it's really helpful. Like, it helped me really understand more about it. I'm glad. Also. I'm really, really happy yeah. that, that that's the case. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, go, um, as, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, as far as like when I was speaking with Vanessa, I did, um, after I got all the information, I, kind of sat on it probably for like a year or so Mm -hmm. with the stem cells and I did like uh the neural movement because that was closer to home and um and then I kept going back into my notes and checking and then I just was like okay well let me just email the lab and see see what they say 
And so they emailed me back and they, you know, asked for Adonis's um, medical information. And then it took me some time to get that over to them. And then, then I watched the movie, The God Sales. Mm -hmm. And then I think I reached out to you after, or emailing you or something. And then you put me in touch with Diana. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I talked to Diana for a while and she was just telling me about, um, Sophia and everything that she noticed and just how helpful the cells were for her. And then after speaking to her, I just was like, okay, we have to go to Ukraine and we have to do this. Yeah. I try to do that as much as I can. Like, and I'm really happy I was able to connect you with Diana. And it's so interesting that the diagnosis is the identical. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, they, I'm sure, as you know, like they started like less than a year after diagnosis, they just, you know, it's right place, right time. And, um, you know, um, anyway, yeah. I mean, they've been doing it uh, annually, you know, ever since, yeah, I think 2013 or 2014 or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I, I met her in Mexico in 2015. And it was a very odd position for me to be in because, you know, they rely on that therapy for their her, their daughter's, you know, livelihood. So mm-hmm. I had I had to basically sort of reveal to everybody carefully, like what I've discovered um, you know, to help them realize, you know, <laughs> just like, please, you know, it was really tough because they relied on the Mexican clinic so much and they sort of saw them almost in like this, you know, like this awe light, you know, and yeah. it's like, and, and yeah. then now this guy, Eric's telling us that, uh, you know, you should not go there anymore. Like, you know, it was a really tough situation for me to be in anyway, but yeah, no, anybody listening, I'd love connecting people if I can, uh, with other people. Cause I think it's, nothing's more beneficial than, talking to, especially in a parent-child situation, talking to another parent who has been, um, you know, to versus just watching a movie and rolling, rolling the dice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was really helpful because she had Adonis-specific diagnosis, mm-hmm. which I don't ever come across people who have it, you know, like this close to home. Sure. I just don't, so... It was really nice. And then even hearing about just the different people in the in the podcast, just like how the cells have affected them. It's like, wow, OK, it just helps across the board. Yeah, it's almost sort of science fiction. Honestly, it's kind of crazy, honestly. Um, yeah. you know, and everybody's different um, and depending on the diagnosis um, and how long they've had it. Because all the cells are doing is regenerating. They're fighting against like in the case of muscular dystrophy, it's it's a degenerative disease and all it's doing is trying to fight against that degeneration. And so obviously, you know, as you know, like it's something that if it's helpful that, you know, you might have to end up doing, you know, for quite a long while. I mean, the Jones family have been doing it every year. Um, and people with Parkinson's and MS that it's helped, you know, they sort of schedule it in and budget it in and just keep going to keep everything at bay. But I would love to hear more specifics, though, about uh, your son as far as like where he's at now uh, versus where he was before. And like what is what made you want to I guess what I'm looking for is, yeah, just like where was he? And then you went. And then what did you notice to where you're willing to go back during um, a war zone, basically, you know, with us uh, to go back again? Seriously, like I just be curious to hear what you have to say about that. Like, yeah. Yeah, so um, so before we did the stem cells, Adonis, he, so he's um, mobile, so he can walk on his own, um, but he would go up the stairs, like, um, 
like with his right hand on the rail and his um no his left hand on the rail and his right hand like on his knee kind of like pushing himself going up the stairs we mm-hmm. just have like three stairs to the house and i noticed we noticed that like after the stem cells he was able to just hold on to the rail and he doesn't have to push off on his hand on his knee anymore and he would always try to like pick up my um weights i have like these ankle weights and you can pull like one pound out at a time Mm -hmm. and so he would try to like pick up the pound of the one pound and and it would be hard for him it would be a struggle Mm -hmm. and then after the stem cells i wasn't there but he was in the garage with my nephew and he said oh mommy i can pick up the two and a half pounds and i said really and he said yeah because because of the stem cells. So he attributes it to the stem cells. Like he understands. Wow. Um, and so he, yeah. So he said, yeah, I can pick up the two and a half pounds and it wasn't heavy for me. And so I said, okay. And then, um, he, the main thing that he really noticed, like shortly after, like we went the beginning, like I said, the beginning of November and probably the beginning of December, he noticed that his breathing had improved. Okay. And he sees pulmonary and they would always ask, like, do you have any um, breathing issues? Like, how, how do you feel when you sleep? And he's always said, oh, I feel fine. I don't feel like I have any issues with my breathing. So what he had prior, his breathing prior was, I guess, his normal. And then after the stem cells, he realized that, wow, I can breathe so much better. And OT noticed an increase in his hand strength. He can carry his own backpack now, which he wasn't able to do before. Um, At home, it would take him, like, multiple trips to take his water bottle, his homework, and his lunch and put it away. And now he can just stack it all and carry it in one trip. His adaptive PE teacher told me that he's noticeably stronger when he evaluated him. Um, compared to the year prior and my husband's aunt she also commented that Adonis's walk looks so much better than it did before like it, he's just smoother and his uh, shoulders don't look as rigid as they were before so that was pretty interesting and she didn't know that he had the stem cells um, before that so I told her after and so um I attribute it to the stem cell treatment. And then initially, like right after the stem cells, he said he could carry two and a half pounds when he he, um, carried the weight in the garage. And then just recently, we were back in the garage and he wanted to see how many pounds he can carry now. And I could hand him all 10 pounds in the ankle weight and he could like walk across the garage and then come back where he was never able to do that before. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, Oh, so it's because I did a deep dive on Ulrich muscular dystrophy, just following Diana's uh, daughter, Sophia's story. And um, him being 10, and then even when he went, he was you know, 10. Um, based on my research, I mean, uh, most kids at 10 are in wheelchairs, feeding tubes, respirators. He must have a really, yeah. what do the doctors attribute to 
him, even before the sales, him not being as severe as like the average Ulrich kid? They don't, they don't attribute it to anything really. They just keep saying, well, just keep doing what you're doing. And what I was doing was PT and OT originally. Mm -hmm. And then, but I told them like, these are the things that I'm doing that you guys aren't recommending. And he was doing, he does swim and stuff like that just for like resistance, a resistance workout to help with his breathing. Mm -hmm. So before we went to Ukraine, I think we did see neurology. And so that's that's what I kind of I told them, like, this is what we're doing. And then they just kind of, OK, we'll just keep what you're doing. But I don't feel like they really took it like that serious. So hold they on. just kept to, to be oh, clear, Lord. to be clear, you told them that you're heading to Ukraine. No, I didn't oh. tell them that we were heading to Ukraine. Yeah, I didn't tell any of his doctors or anything until after we came back. Okay. Yeah. Okay, since we're talking about that, um, I would love to hear um, your experience with them once you revealed to them that you had gone and had give, given Adonis fetal stem cells in Ukraine. Uh, so they were pretty surprised because they were like oh wow you <laughs> you went to the ukraine and you did you know the stem cells and i told his um gi because he's followed by gi and i just told her you know we went and adonis received uh, stem cells and what we noticed in that department was that he was hungrier more he was um eating more because Usually he would say, oh, I'm full. He wouldn't eat as much. And then his appetite, like, picked up a lot after coming back from Ukraine. And so she wanted to see, like, oh, okay, well, what did what did they give him? Like, do you mind if we see the paperwork, you know, from the, the paperwork that they give us? And so I told her, like, yeah, you know, I can let you take a look at it. And, um... So that's what she said. And then he was seeing a naturopathic doctor. And then she was also surprised. And she just said, oh, well, let me see if I can try to find like supplements or something to like mimic what the stem cells were doing. But that that was all that came of that. And I don't know if I talked to the MBA clinic since coming back because we only see them on like a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. So I think we've seen them before we went and then, yeah, we've seen them before. So we haven't even seen them since coming back. Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious to see um, what they say, because I think they are starting to notice and, and take note because the dentist is not on the decline like most kids. Right. It's actually getting stronger. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's so exciting. That's I'm really, really happy to hear this. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like what is, um, I mean, here you are, I'm just, I know, forgive me if this is a rhetorical question, but I just want no, to ask okay. it, but like, here you are, you were handed this diagnosis, um, and you found this and I mean, like, what is, it's sort of like, what kind of goes through your head about this whole thing? Like, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? As far as like the stem cells? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, cause I mean, you went from, like, I'm, I'm, I'm only saying this because I just remember hearing Diana talk about it. It's like you go from, okay, it's like just sit and wait and see what happens. There's nothing to, holy cow, I think I found something and you did it on your own. No one, you know, you just found it on a Facebook post, basically. You met yeah. somebody. I'm just kind of curious, sort of like what goes to your mind, you know, at this point with all this. 
I just felt like I was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like it was meant to be because it's like, what are the odds that I don't even know what time it was. I think it was at night. I just stumbled upon this post and then I see this movie, The Godfells, and now there's a, a girl in the movie that has the exact same diagnosis as Adonis. Yeah. And I just was, I just was like, wow, like we, it, it really gave me hope because I was at the point with his diagnosis where Adonis was stable. He, he wasn't declining, but he wasn't getting stronger either. And I had felt like, okay, we're at the point where we're doing everything that we can and this is how it's going to be. And then I see, I, you know, get on the Facebook post and now I hear, oh no, there's something else out there. Mm-hmm. for him that he could potentially become stronger or just help him in all these different aspects of his life. So it just like kind of gave me a renewed hope. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just speculating here, but like, you know, like again, going, doing a deep dive on Ulrich and I feel like if Sophia wasn't treated, um, she was four, I believe four years old when she was first treated, um, you know, and she started being treated at 10. I don't think she would have had, you know, the same results. It sounds like Adonis just has a really, I don't know, I don't want to use the word mild, but it's a different version of Ulrich. I don't know. It's fascinating. Just, I'm just so excited to see you finally find it. I mean, I mean, there's a high probability. And again, I'm speculating here that if it was consistently provided to him, he could do really well. I mean, you know, because explain to me, so you explained about how he climbs the stairs, but like his general mobility other than a little weakness, I mean, is it kind of what you call it normal? I mean, does he have a gait issues or? No, he doesn't really have any gait issues. Um, and I mean, he's, he's unable to run or jump or climb. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and like I said, he was, he's able to walk, but he was only able to walk like kind of like a quarter of a mile. Okay. And then he would rest in between that quarter of a mile. And then probably two weeks ago or so, his brother took him on a walk to, like, the gas station or so. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like a mile. Okay. And they were coming back home, and his brother wasn't holding his hand, and Adonis was just walking. And I asked, like, did you walk all the way to the gas station? He said, yeah. And I asked, were your legs tired? He said, no. Amazing. So. Yeah, so his um, endurance has gotten a lot better. And, like, I was really surprised because I was not expecting him to be able to walk a mile without being tired. They rested probably for five minutes, but that, that's just new for us. And that's still, you know, gosh, it's, it's, that was just a couple of weeks ago, you said? Yeah, that was just a couple of weeks ago that they had started doing that, yeah. So that's still that's a good nine months after therapy. That's That's fabulous. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. that's wonderful. How do you, um, how do you sort of personally feel about like this Russia situation? I know this is a silly question, but I'm mean, just kind of curious for your response to it all. Um, I just feel like it, it sucks. It's yeah. sad for the people in Ukraine and it, um, I guess it affected me differently because we had just gone there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, 
personal for me, whereas I don't I don't know how I would feel if I never went. Right. You know, right. but it it was heartbreaking. I, I remember um, driving and I was like glued to, you know, listening to the news and I would just cry some days because it's like, gosh, you know, we couldn't get a hold of the lab and we didn't know if everybody was OK. So it's just a heartbreaking situation. Yeah, it is. I'm kind of in a weird way. I'm kind of looking forward to going. Um, it's it's weird because I'm so used to like like working on this movie for so long, like being there like every four months is where my life kind yeah. of revolved around. I think I added up when the war started, like how many, how much, how much time I've spent there. I think I probably spent a year of my life there <laughs> since, wow. uh, yeah, I know. Right. Since 2016, just adding up all the trips and thinking I was there on average two weeks, one to two weeks that many times. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is heartbreaking. And then to watch the news and every single scene, like especially downtown, you're like, yep, I've been there. I know exactly where they are. I've been there too. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's so surreal. Yeah, yeah and even Adonis, he, um, the news was on like when when it first started and he, he remembered the buildings and he was like, oh, we were there. I, re- I remember that place. And he kept asking, you know, is everyone okay? He was asking about our driver and, you know, the doctors, are they okay? You know, so yeah. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, to my knowledge, um, some of the male drivers are in the military now fighting. Um, Mm -hmm. The doctors, both male and female, couldn't leave the country really just because they're physicians. And they, and obviously, because it's uh, wars going on, you know, sort of like by request, even the female doctors, will you please stay behind? And most Mm -hmm. all of them did. And of course, the men couldn't leave. Um, just because of the sort of the law, um, you know, yeah. about the military, you know, et cetera. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, everything's okay. Other than it was really hairy during the time of the whole Bucha uh, massacre. And like when they were really trying to surround Kiev, mm-hmm. um, you know, like they had like the, the, the trucks bringing the liquid nitrogen, like even if they lost electricity, everything would have been okay yeah. at the lab. They need liquid nitrogen. And there was, it was really touch and go because some of the vans were being shot at and blown up on the way there. Luckily it wasn't their employees. Um, it's still sad no matter what, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, I really, um, did not know. None of us did, even them. I'd never seen them because they remember they survived COVID. They opened up this new clinic in November of 2019 and a very expensive endeavor and uh and then boom COVID hits and they're like yeah. well, you know they're like closed because the whole the entire operation relies upon you know international clientele so nobody right. can travel and then that kind of recovers and then russia invades which is also you know it's unbelievable it's there i can't believe they're surviving to be honest yeah but uh yeah. but yeah but they also realize you know that you know, they, especially the, I mean, they love, they're so passionate about this technology. They're like, what else would we do? Like, what am I going to do? Go to some inferior stem cell, you know, what am I, right. let's go back to practicing regular medicines. Like, this is what we love to do. This is what we believe in. So, and they're all on that same page. So, you know, in a way they're, you know, fighting for this technology as much as, you know, you know, everybody else. So it's, it's, it's yeah. really fascinating. But yeah, when we go, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to document the whole thing, um, you know, me landing in Warsaw and the whole train experience. And then I'll go downtown and interview some people. 
And I'll, that's how the movie is going to end, basically. But I'll also, I'm thinking okay. I'm going to release a short film of the journey. And anyone that's in the group with us that is okay with being on camera, um, just a short film, like a 20-minute film of the journey. I think it'll be interesting yeah. for people to see. Um, obviously, for people that are interested in going, they could see what it's like. But also, I mean, what a unique thing. Um, people willing to, including myself, travel across the world during this war zone to uh, obtain this therapy. Um, it's yeah. a very unique story. And I'm still scratched my head and can't believe I'm like the only person covering this. I don't know if you heard one of the recent podcasts, but a guy that was there staying at the Intercontinental Hotel, the press, because he had a special needs child and the press was very curious. Like, and he saw that he was an American with a Southern accent. Like, what are you doing here? He said, well, I'm yeah. here for stem cell therapy. He said, oh, really? And they investigated uh, why he was there and they realized that m cell was too controversial to uh, do a story on because of the abortion issue and uh, and you know again leaves me the only guy on earth <laughs> covering this right. it's incredible right <laughs> it's another reason yeah. why I can't put this down you know so yeah 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 I heard him talking about it when I um, when I was listening to that episode mm -hmm. and I heard him say like he wanted to talk to them about it and hope hopefully that they would want to cover the story but they just wouldn't yeah 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 which is crazy to me because so many people would benefit. Yeah. See, this. and I've been doing this a long time and the press is really finicky about uh, medical therapies, no matter how heavy the positive evidence is um, that sort of buck up against the status quo. It's really interesting. I used to get really frustrated with it at the beginning, um, but I just kind of realized how they operate and the sort of command chain and who is allowed, you know, they have a whole legal department and standards and practices and like, you know, they, it's just, it won't get allowed. I mean, I remember my early days with my first documentary about this cancer scientist and doctor, I met, I was living in New York city and I met with uh, a dateline and cause they were doing a story that related to the story. And, um, and I, I was almost done with the movie and I hadn't released it yet. So I went down to 30 rock and I, put in the DVD and let them watch it privately because I wasn't ready to like give it away. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. And there's a part of me that was skeptical about Dateline. And the producer just cried in the room during certain parts of it and flat out told me as I'm leaving, getting on the elevator, she's like, and I, you know, she's like, I'd like to do the right thing, Eric. Just be aware that my bosses are not going to allow this to be told uh -huh. uh, in the way that you're hoping this is going to be told, she said. <laughs> so, you know, it was such an eye opener. And, yeah. uh, and with this, unfortunately, because no one really understands the world of stem cells, as we previously just discussed, combined with uh, the abortion issue, now we got the whole Roe v. Wade thing that just happened. Yeah. It's nearly impossible because they, they, if they did a positive story on it, they would anger 50% of their audience, and they know that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. and that's just, yeah, that's what it is. So, so I guess it's going to be me telling the story continually see for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad you're telling the story because I, you know, I stumbled upon it and, you know, yeah. hopefully other people will too. Yeah. So, and yeah. I'm a, and I've been receiving the cells every year since 2016. I'm a patient too. I'm participating yeah. in this, even though it's just for anti-aging. But I will say that I feel like I'm defying mother nature. I mean, really, I, uh, I really feel amazing. Um, people that haven't seen me in a while are kind of shocked. And um, mm -hmm. I don't, did you see my little video about telomeres I released fairly recently? Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Like that, there is the scientific proof of it right there. It's really, really fascinating. So yeah, when I'm there in September, I'll have a new updated telomere measurement. So I'll put that yeah. in the movie as well. We'll see where they are at there too. It'll be interesting if my pool of long telomeres gets even bigger because it also proves that 
the cells stay in you, that they're not rejected. Yeah. And, uh, and the cells keep building upon the previous therapy, which is the case with Adonis, which is why, um, you know, that goes yeah, back to- Yeah, that's why I wanna go back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I keep telling people that, you know, because they do ask like, oh, you know, um, so what happens, do the cells go away? And I just say, no, they, they keep building on, you know, on top of each other. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's another reason why, and especially because he, he can feel like he felt the changes as they were happening rapidly inside of him. He would, he would tell me, and then he said, oh, I don't feel them as much anymore, but I can still tell that the changes are there. Yeah. That's Which wonderful. Which is pretty interesting. You yeah. Know, and kids are honest. Kids are not going to lie to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not, it's hard to have the placebo effect with a child, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. This is super awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we're, we're excited. That's great. Is there anything else in general that you sort of just want to say in general? Um, just in general, like I'm just really grateful that you put this information out there. Um, and I always say like, I don't know where we would be if I didn't, uh, have these connections with these parents who put me on this, on these alternative paths. I feel like Adonis would probably be one of those kids who at 10 years old is already in a wheelchair or on the breathing machines and all of that kind of stuff. And he doesn't have any of that. So you really, so there's a good possibility that before the stem cells that uh, all these other new things you discovered maybe helped sort of kick that can down the road with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do. Okay. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. I believe like mainly the main two things that I feel like really, really are um, just keeping the wheelchair and um, the machines at bay is the stem cells and the neural movement. Okay. And I, yeah. Yeah, because um, the neural movement also works with like neuroplasticity and then with the stem cells and everything. So I just feel like they just work hand in hand beautifully. And that's just what's getting them stronger. And yeah, so I'm just I'm really excited to see what happens after this next round of stem cells and what he'll tell us. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, thank you so much, (laughs) Zenzella. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, no, um, thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it also. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk soon. All right, talk to you later. Okay, bye. That was episode 18 of the God Sales Podcast. As always, email me with questions. Eric at ericmarola.com. That's E-R-I-C at E-R-I-C-M-E-R-O-L-A.com. My website is ericmarola.com. And the movie's website is stemcellsmovie.com. Until next time, I'm Eric Marola.